Hi guys, welcome back to the chat series from Symposium. Really delighted today to be joined by Josh, um, who you know from Waxing Lyrical, regularly provides us with really interesting album choices in that series, um, along with uh, one of our other friends, Michael, to make his debut on the pod. Um, he's here to talk about his new song that he made that came out a couple of months ago called Bow and Arrow Tree, along with um, our, one of our other friends, um, Shantanu Kundu, who was on, who was on vocals. Uh, Michael is a very talented musician. He's a very proficient in guitar and evidently in songwriting and song creating as well. And I'm just delighted to have him on the on a pod today for a, for a quick chat about his song, what it means, um, wh why he came up with it, and just the situation around the whole thing. Michael, welcome. How are you? Hello. Thank you, Ashwin. It's great to actually be on this finally. You've been trying to get me for a while. I know. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, no, delighted to have you, delighted to have you. Josh, how are you? Um, I know that you were quite eager to hear um, kind of what, um, to, hear, to have a conversation about Michael's song. So I bet you're look, probably looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, when it came out, I was like, uh, this needs to be on a podcast. We need to talk about it because I think it's so relevant right now. So I'm looking forward to hear what Michael has to say about it. Perfect, perfect. Well, Mike, just just take it away then. What I think the first, first obvious, most place, obvious place to start would be that the title of the song, Bow and Arrow Tree, take us through that. How did you come up with that? And maybe give us an overview of the creative process in coming up with the song. Yeah, sure. So obviously, um, I've always kind of been into music and things like that. So, and I'd been in like a band and stuff before, uh, kind of like dabbled in songwriting there. And then one of my friends, Osama, we like quite different music. Uh, he's more in sort of electronic dance stuff. But he saw like one day at placement, I just whipped out my computer and he saw it. I had like GarageBand and a Mac and he was like, oh, you should get one of these like audio interface devices so you could like record your own things and just muck about. And I was like, oh, okay, like I'll think about it. I thought oh, I was kind of put off because I thought it'd be expensive. But then he showed me one that was quite cheap. So I was like, okay. So I got, I got it, it was like 30 quid or whatever. And I just started mucking around, like just putting a few ideas together, but I didn't really think as much of it. I'd always wanted to eventually have a song out just to put something out there and say like, oh, I've done this. This is um, on like a platform, like streaming and things like that where it's accessible for like the, a lot of people. Um, and then so like slowly, I think I started writing the intro riff and bass part uh as early as like february actually and then obviously back then covid wasn't a thing and so i just thought oh, i'll take it slow but then as soon as covid happened and everyone went home from uni and lockdown and everything at that point i just sort of started doing it every day rather than every few days amongst uni work and then uh by by the end of april i'm pretty sure i'd got all the music down um and then i was like right i really want someone to sing on it I wasn't quite sure who, to be fair. And then, did, did you not never think about thinking on it about singing on it yourself? Uh, <laughs> I've never really sang properly. I'm not. I don't think I'm a good singer either. Uh, at most, I could probably get away with a bit of backing, as Josh will know. Me and him did choir together at school, but that's as far as the that, that is the height of my I do remember. adventures. Wednesday, Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Monks. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the height of my singing ventures to this day. Uh, so then I just kind of thought, oh, Shan, Shan's also at uni with me because we're doing the same course, but he's obviously here below me. We both do med. Um, so yeah, that's that's, and so I got got in touch with him at the start of uh, May, and then from there we just kind of worked on the vocals together. Um, also, you asked about uh, how I got the name for the song. Then that kind of came very spontaneously. So I was 
uh, like kind of humming the tune that Shan had come up with. Uh, we we worked on the whole thing over Zoom actually vocally, and um, so he'd sing different vocal ideas, and I'd say, "Oh, I like that," and or maybe change this, change that, and he'd keep coming up with like different things. Um, I feel like when I tried to think of vocal melody, I think too much like a guitar, <laughs> so I couldn't. Um, I felt like it sounded too similar. Whereas he sort of he's a vocalist and a guitarist as well. But um, so he, he was able to think in like a different way. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think that's a really cool collab. Obviously, I know both of you, so it's really cool to to have seen you know that in action and 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 you know get get some insight into the creative process of the song, Josh. Um, yeah, no, uh, that was really insightful, Mike. Um, uh, what I want to know, firstly, before I start asking you about the ins and outs of the song and mm. the lyricism and and the, and the meaning behind the words. Um, firstly, I'd like to know um, how you came to designing your own uh, cover for the track and what was the process for that? And yeah, because it's a really cool cover. <laughs> yeah, so the cover, actually, I'd always kind of had that image of somebody standing like oh like, so sitting with the camera like directly in across them from the floor and the guitar kind of coming across the like midsection almost like covering the crotch area <laughs> but i'd always kind of had that i thought oh, it looks kind of cool so i was like oh why don't i try and do it and i took like a few photos of myself um just literally in my room <laughs> i was too embarrassed to ask anybody to do it so i literally just put it on timer uh, and put it on a chair across from me and then i took quite a few uh, different shots and then I didn't want like it just to be a photo of myself so that's why I kind of like, edited it and made it look kind of almost as if someone had like sketched it in like pastel and like kind of like hazed out the features and stuff so it almost looks like a shadows you can just see shadows like of where like my eye sockets the nose and like uh, whatever else and at this point my hair was neither long or short so I kind of gave myself like a virtual haircut and like trimmed it down <laughs> on um, I used an app called like Enlight. And then for the color scheme, obviously I'm wearing my that like red jacket. I kind of thought like reds and oranges. I tried like blues and whites and stuff for the background first, but then um, I just thought since the the color scheme of the clothing I was wearing went quite well with the oranges, I kind of kept the oranges in at the back. Um, so yeah, I used uh, Procreate for um, the like sort of orange and red square in the middle, and then I used like Enlight to merge them all together and edit it. That's really cool. Like that. the, that's really cool insight into, into the kind of technical uh, computer background to what to what you were doing. But Josh, I'd just like to hand it over to you again. I mean, just to, to kind of inquire about the meaning behind the words. You you know more about this song than I do, but I just kind of want to defer to you because, you know, you're doing something really important this month. If you don't know, Josh and I think Michael as well are both doing kind of Movember campaigns for uh, men's mental health, raising awareness for the issues you know men could face, suicide rates, etc. Which we do actually sometimes hear about it in the media, but I think it's still insufficiently spoken about and paid attention to. So um, given the fact that both of these guys are doing really, uh, do you know, deserve to be lauded for, for, the, for some of the stuff they're doing this month, I'd just like to defer to you, Josh, to perhaps link in what you're doing this, this month with um, kind, of, kind of Michael's song there and, it, and its relevance to mental illness. Um, no, totally. Um, and I will uh, query Mike about that um, in a little while. I just want to quickly um also his um um what he what what he sort of thought about the, the stuff he wrote and um the meaning behind the words um because when i read uh the lyrics to the song um they were really quite fiery and and the imagery some of the imagery used was quite visceral and graphic um to really convey that strong emotion 
throughout throughout the whole track and that coupled with um Shantanu's amazing raw really raspy sort of vocals like really convey that mm. that that vulnerability um um of feeling alone and feeling um mentally unwell um but the sort of vibe i got from the song was um it gave me strength when i listened to it it wasn't one of those songs which um i listened to and was like i'm going i feel a relation to this because i feel gloomy and this person feels gloomy it was a song which got me off my feet and got me on my toes and told me to, to keep going no matter when things get hard and what i'd like to ask you about firstly is um what inspired the lyrics um because um and how long it took for you to to, to come up with those really important lines um so yeah just just go ahead and talk to us about the writing process and and uh yeah we'll take it from there so I guess the writing process in terms of the words, I was like a bit hesitant to do at the start because um, I've not, I don't really, I don't like in terms of my like strengths with like music and writing, I wouldn't say writing is like words is near the top, but when that's one thing I kind of had to do with myself was I said, okay, when I, when I'm working on it, if I'm struggling and it's getting frustrating, I'm just going to stop. I'm not going to, that's kind of the same way I did with the music. So I'm just going to stop. I'm going to leave it. Maybe I'll leave it two days, maybe three, and I'll come back. Or maybe maybe even six hours. Like, it just depends. I, there's something I couldn't really... You can't really force that. If if it, if it if it's happening, you'll, you'll just know. You'll just kind of feel the words coming. You'll be like, oh, I like that. And you can go obviously go back and tweak things. But I feel like seizing that kind of, like, moment, that window will kind of come to you every now and again. And it's just, I just think it's important to capitalise on the window. So I just started, like, obviously I had uh, Shantanu who, like, would kind of like sing like the melody like hum it and everything and then so i just started literally just started writing and the in terms of the, the chorus um i always wanted sort of a big bright chorus and i know you said it sounds quite like uplifting and positive i think i'm quite a like positive person generally and i kind of wanted to convey that like because when when you feel down in the dumps or you feel shit you do want to eventually get back to feeling good and i guess fe- knowing what feeling good is like enables you to then feel know what feeling rubbish is like as well um it just gives that contrast and i kind of in a way the verse and the chorus contrast themselves in the way they sound as well the chorus is almost like more powerful and uplifting and i kind of wanted to create that progression throughout the song as well where the start of the song and the first made the first chorus is a bit kind of subdued compared to when you get to the end of the song and it's like really and it's and the solo is kind of like the climax of the song and the backing vocals on the outro as well um yeah no that's 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 so insightful and it's really interesting because um being someone who writes their own lyrics and and spoken with poetry themselves i completely understand the writing process is wholly unique to to anybody like my writing process is probably a lot different to the way you sort of grapple with you know, like what you should write down on paper. Um, what I'd like to just a quick question. Like, I just want to ask you about um, how, like, the, like, obviously this is your first song. So, um, like, what what brought you to want to to put, dispel your thoughts, your vulnerable thoughts, onto paper um, for the first time and for the world to listen? Because it does take a lot of courage to do something like that and a lot of confidence, which I I massively applaud you for. And um, honestly, like being someone who struggles themselves, listening to your song really did help me out. 
but I'd just like to to query you on your um on your on your courage for 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 like for being vulnerable and opening opening yourself up. Yeah, I think like with any kind of art, you do feel kind of a bit naked <laughs> when yeah, I mean, people when it's out there. Because yeah, my um, I spoke to because I spoke to Josh and and Kayla as well about their art. Kayla's being a painting and Josh being his poetry, and both of them did say what you just said about it kind of leading to vulnerability and you feel exposed so how did you cross the kind of barrier across the rubicon of, of basically having these ideas or feelings or thoughts in your head and then feeling strong enough articulate enough to express them on the page or, or through music like how did you cross that barrier because there's one thing recognizing what you're thinking but there's nothing entirely being brave, feeling brave enough to tell everyone else about it or feeling brave enough to even express it to yourself whether through music or through words so I, I just wondered, like, you know, that that process, because that's, you know, I think quite a brave thing to do. Yeah, that I think kind of came from. So you kind of have to just pretend that no one's watching, because during the process of making it, that is the case. That is, you know, it's just you on your own in your bedroom, and you're just either writing words or strumming a guitar and recording things, erasing things, and no one is watching. And then I guess once you put it out there, you're like, oh, but by that point you to i felt like well for me anyway by the time i was putting it out i was happy with it so i was like oh this is i'm happy with people hearing it now it was actually quite a long time from when i finished uh actually working on it to when it was finally mixed and then put out because i think all the like admin stuff and the online release that takes like a bit more time um but i think just sort of knowing that you're being honest in what you're doing or like right that's the thing i never try and force it even if i'm like I, I never say okay today i have to write like so much music or whatever if it's not happening i won't do it because i don't want to force that process because then you won't like well quite often i found if i force myself i won't like what i've done um but th with this i really didn't force myself at all i just said it's something that i'm gonna do purely because I, i'm gonna enjoy doing it so literally every every phrase every paragraph every note i kind of just did and i was like oh i I like what's what's going on here. Like I like how it fits together. Um, Mike, and, um, yeah. Just just to cut just to cut in. Sorry. Um, no worries. Yeah. Uh, I just also like to mention as well that your song's on a charity album, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, what's the, What's the album called? Yeah, Michael. Let's know. No, obviously, just just for you, Chip, and I'll, I'll link to the song on Spotify, and then obviously this link to this album will, oh, be, right, okay. will be in the description. But yeah. we'll be in the, I'll put those in the description of the, of this episode on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you catch us on Anchor or wherever else. But but yeah, Mike, just just let us know the name of that. Album. Okay, it's called Let's Talk Mind, and I think John Kite again, another lad from our school, um, organised that, and he did a really really great job of that actually. Um, there was a lot of, I think about 10 or 12 uh, different tracks, each from an individual artist on there. And they were all kind of all songs sort of relating to the topic of like mental health. And I think we raised quite a bit of money in the end from it. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's still open. I hope it's still open to donate to. The charity definitely will be. But um, uh, the album is you're able to download off Bandcamp and everything as well. So, Oh, no, amazing stuff, Mike. Um, and like I've listened to the, the entire project and hearing everyone's own personal creative um performances is really is really enhancing and um like yours definitely does stand out as well uh for being quite an upbeat and strong and uh, fiery 
song on on the album but like i i definitely recommend everyone giving a giving the charity project a real good listen um uh, moving on from from that i just want to ask you about um the influences um you've had which inspired um the song and musical influences you have in general and what sort of music have you been brought up with and what have you tried like what sort of influences did you want to convey in your piece um could you talk to me about that i know you obviously amazingly well but like our <laughs> listeners don't yeah, so my just from the perspective of like you know the audience don't know you as well yeah you, what i gathered from the song is obviously there seemed to be a lot of kind of classic soft rock influence but also there was some kind of almost bluesy tones at the beginning and then some kind of pop vocals which obviously indicates indicates quite a rich tapestry of of like musical heritage for you personally so i'd be really interested in knowing the answer to josh's question as well from that perspective yeah um to start, I think like my dad always sort of played music around me. He really likes music like quite considerably as well. Um, he likes a lot of rock music. He loves blues. Um, I used to listen to like with him in the car. One of the first CDs I remember listening to was probably the Creedence Clearwater Revival uh, with John Fogerty. That CD's I think in a way a little bit maybe mine's slightly more a more of a modern take on that kind of thing. But it's also uh, I know the song gives off very sort of indie rock kind of vibes. Um, and then in terms of the solo, um, I'd say my favorite guitarist is John Frusciante, the, the, um, the guitarist who's actually come back to the Chili Peppers now. He, was, he had like two runs with them and then quit for 10 years and now he's finally back. Um, so I was very excited about that. But unfortunately, COVID uh stopped him from <laughs> playing gigs and stuff live with them but his soloing he t- tends to use kind of like the pentatonic scale a lot but his playing is really emotive and so i kind of with the guitar solo at the end of the song i kind of took a, a two or three different like ideas um and do, then do I, you have any oh, i mean we, we in the works actually josh might not know this yet but in the works we've got a music music for the music pod we've got a specific guitar pod uh, I want to compare like Mark Knopfler, Clapton, Hendrix, Page. Oh, awesome. yeah. Do you have like uh, obviously be eager to get you involved in that as well? I mean, but do you have a specific any specific uh, artistic influences, whether they're guitar or anything else? You mentioned blues. Um, there's obviously yeah. a massively varied and rich uh, musical heritage there. Any any specific artists that jump out to you? Um, Marty Waters, to be fair, my dad used to play him a lot. <laughs> I still like him. Uh, bb king really bluesy jimmy page obviously Jimi hendrix um i love led zeppelin led zeppelin probably one of my like favorite bands um and that, a lot of um rock and roll stuff came from blues uh obviously like uh what's his name hang on there's a uh the song crossroads by um oh it's a it's the song crossroads it's by a guy that nobody really knows how he looks like but uh it's obviously like a it's kind of like a weird legend that he went down to the crossroads and like sold his soul to the devil. And then uh, he wasn't able to, uh, then suddenly was able to play the guitar in return. Crossroad Blues or? Yeah, Crossroad Blues. Yeah, I think that's why Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson, that's it. I was going to say Johnson, yeah. but yeah, Robert Johnson, that's right. And one of my other biggest influences, probably probably my earliest kind of musical memory as well, uh, probably Michael Jackson, definitely. Um I think he was so versatile and everything. You probably can't really hear any influences of him in this project or this song. Uh, I've worked on like other little bits where um, I think his influence comes through more, but they're like nowhere near like ready or anything yet. 
but um yeah I, I think his um like his like vocal range everything was just incredible he's an incredible entertainer as well just in general um so that was i'd say just like put on a personal note for like a musical influence definitely him as well um yeah certainly michael on like i know that you're a massive fan of mj's discography but one of the things i love about his music is that it's so versatile and each album is so different and even mm. on an album such as thriller each song it's almost like each song is like a different genre of music but it all works and blends together really nicely on the album but he was such a visionary and such a, an amazing performer and like i'm not surprised that he's had a massive impact on your creative passions yeah um, but um and i know you're also a great dancer as well like i've seen <laughs> you do a lot of dancing um <laughs> and, uh, events and stuff and like i can i can back you on saying that you are a really good mj performer it's oh, um, <laughs> all right, mate. Um, I mean, I'd, I would have to say this anyway, but I do actually think you are as well. <laughs> um, but um, moving on from um, your influences, um, I just wanted to know, like, um, what do you when you're not feeling great and you have and you're having a bad day um, or you need to take your mind off things? Um, what do you what do you do? Do you like watch movies? Do you um, follow like? youtube accounts do you have an inspirational figure such as a a rocky balboa sort of uh person who you look you, you look to and uh watch their movies of or uh like what what's what your routine when you don't feel great yeah i think uh, quite a mix of things is i think it's good to have like an arsenal like almost like i don't, I don't want to quote call of duty and say a care package but <laughs> um, yeah but like a, a good number of things that will sort you out. So sometimes literally just go into your hobbies. So I like drawing as well, sketching, obviously playing guitar and drums. Um, so sometimes you have to have a conversation with somebody. I've noticed the probably the best person that sort of absolutely sorts me out is my mom. But that's probably because, so yeah, well, I, I think that's I, probably honestly, the case for absolutely honestly a lot of people. Just, what you just mentioned there is really important. The last bit about having a conversation. Like we've all seen on Instagram the last few days just from just from a bloke to bloke perspective like just reach out to your friends ask if they're okay people are really eager to have a chat but they sometimes feel that they can't and they won't seek anyone out you have to seek your friends out if someone seems off or if someone doesn't seem off just ask and the worst thing that they can say is i'm buying you know how are you so what's the nothing to lose just a bit of time and if you care about someone it's that's not even anything to lose at all so you know i think you know we should send that message out ask your mates how they are if you if they want to go for well in covid if they want to go for a walk or whatever but in other times they want to go for a pint and and just like um you know to just see how people are and they, because you, you could really help someone by doing that it's not that much effort on your part especially from bloke to bloke perspective because i mean as a, from a bloke from my perspective i would rarely seek out kind of talking to someone if i felt down i, I just depend on other people seeking me out if that happens because you know, you feel sometimes ashamed or just uh, like it's no one, like people don't care. You know, it's not really any, don't really bother anyone, bother anyone else. So, it, it, you're kind of dependent on your friends seeking you out. So, I think that's a really important point. I mean, I don't know if you guys do this, but when I feel down, like I try to write out all the things that are worrying me, and then I can tick them off and all of that, and I can address each issue. That really helps me because it, it's clear that my mind, I can like forget about it in my mind if it's on paper. You know, um, I don't know. What do you guys think, Josh? Um, yeah, I'll just jump in quickly before Mike takes the, uh, uh, takes the mic. Um, <laughs> Mike takes the mic. <laughs> um, yeah, like the way I sort of deal with things is like, well, I mean, I've discussed already is write it down uh, in a creative way. So 
try and write my own spoken words. And then um, that is the way I sort of, um, uh, you know, dispel my thoughts onto paper, really. And like, that's my cathartic process. Um, also, listening to music is so important to me. Um, I think Mike and I differ in terms of the way we approach music when we feel down. I think Mike uses music to lift him up, whereas I use music to, to wallow in sadness. I'm more of a Josh's camp as well. Like nothing, yeah. nothing like a bit of blonde at 3am. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to also just ask Mike, because I did briefly mention Rocky Balboa, but there was no real context to that. So listeners would be like, what the heck is he on about? Um, Michael, I actually think this is worth speaking about. Um, and it's 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 not like uncool. I think it's sick. But um, you yeah. you're really into like you know like you know real like um her- like hero movies and like you know Spider Man movies and and the Rocky Balboa movies. Like, what sort of um, mm. traits do you get from these like these fictional um, characters um, who are obviously so strong? Um, like, what do you, what sort of qualities do you get from them? And like, what and how and how do you feel like we can learn from? you know, the projects which you are, you know, you really take a liking to. Um, just talk to us about that, because I don't think many people really see, like, the importance of the stuff they've seen as a kid. Like, like there are so many mm. morals and values you can learn from um, the movies we watched when we were younger, uh, which we, and like those sort of movies now, we don't even, we probably overlook because we feel, oh, oh that's just catered towards a young age category, etc. But like, sometimes those movies uh, and i completely feel like this way as well and you've convinced me to to re-watch certain uh, clips and and watch certain movies i watched when i was younger um that the best messages and the best things to watch when you want when you're feeling rubbish are those movies you you grew up with because the message is so simple yet so sharp and strong and it hits you hard uh spider-man and rocky balboa obviously are the prime examples here uh, so just talk yeah. about that um go on I think with Rocky, like, so, and you mentioned quite a bit about being young and going back to things that you once found fascination or, like, inspiration from. I think that's so important. I think I, I was watching quite a lot of interviews with Sylvester Stallone, uh, who obviously created Rocky and the franchise, and he said um, he also thinks that it's so important to, like, not lose that sort of vulnerability that you have during your childhood because you're so pliable and flexible you're open to new ideas and things and i think as you as you grow up people tend to harden up or like have a guard up and stuff and i think living it sort of with that same vulnerability is still really important for those reasons that you know you'll change you'll continue to be inspired by things and like not lose sort of the the meaning that things want to meant to you because i think it's important to look back and say, look, even though I'm over it now, that obviously meant a lot to me at the time. And I think with Rocky, I think that probably something will stick with myself and probably a lot of other people out there as well. Um, his whole life was kind of like, a, I know he's a character, but his whole life was a million to one shot. And all he wants to do is just say, oh, hey, I'm not another bum from the neighborhood. And not necessarily say, hey, everybody look at me, but just sort of prove himself to himself more than anybody else and just say, look, I'm here at the end of 15 rounds and I'm still standing and he does it and I know obviously it became a big franchise later and people kind of associate the rest of the movies with kind of like cheesy like 80s like stuff but it the one thing about the Rocky franchise is that it never lost the the heart of the characters and it's, I think that's really really conveyed especially in the last film um 
when he talks to his son and there's a big he does a big speech. I won't spoil it for anybody. But um I think that's that's kind of what Rocky's all about, really. No, I think I think I agree, and I think Josh's point there about about relevance of films and media we consume when we're younger is is a really important point um, about you know how we kind of see the world. Yeah, Josh. Um, no, yeah, um, that's that's really insightful, mate. And um, like, I want to to keep on looking at watching some of the stuff I used to watch as a kid as well, because like even even stuff like The Incredibles and stuff, I still haven't seen the second Incredibles movie, and I and I love the it's first very, one. No, it's, it's very very good. It's very good. Yeah, and Toy Story's great. You know those Disney movies, etc. Pixar's um, it quality. When, it when is. It, it generally is. Yeah. Like Pixar um, um, film pod incoming. You know Ratatouille. One of the last yeah. film. It's so Kino. Ratatouille is a Kino film. Mate, you always say Kino, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know what Kino means. <laughs> Kino means Kino. Kino means Kino. Ratatouille Mike, is it's Kino. Of... <laughs> um, oh, but man. uh, but it's Mike, of cars. Car- cars is like I don't yeah, think it's. Cars as, I, don't, I think it gets, cars, cars gets too much. Cars gets too much hate, but I don't think it's as good as like Incredible <laughs> Ratatouille. But it, it gets yeah. too much hate. It gets too much hate. I think. I think Cars Two maybe can get hate, and I think maybe Cars Three, but I felt like Cars One was really it was. I loved Cars One. I thought it was great. You know, when he when he backs up and he helps King over the line, like I thought that was awesome. Like, but that's why I kind of like the third third one up till the end, because um, it kind of brings it kind of harkens back to like what Lightning McQueen is kind of all about, and yeah, again yeah. that that same sort of heart that about cars, films Mike, like Rocky convey. I think um, a really nice way to kind of move on to the next topic or maybe the final topic is, is just the issue of like uh, kind of masculinity mm-hmm. um, in the way that obviously cars you have lightning McQueen uh, like a quite masculine figure someone who's struggling perhaps or, or someone struggling to like realize find himself how do you think this kind of issues around masculinity now uh, relate to kind of mental health and and perhaps relate to your music and, and relate to how you approach mental health because you know people people say there's a crisis masculinity and that men don't know what they're supposed to do or be anymore I don't know if that's true it's not really for me to say but on the other, I think it is true that men are finding it hard to talk to people and and try and make that consistent with masculinity. I don't know. I mean, how do you think that works in? Because obviously a lot of those superhero films that Josh mentioned can um, can reference, you know, mas- traditional aspects of masculinity. And I wonder how that plays into into your thinking. With with, um, with, with some of them, I'd say definitely like, a, obviously like, I guess Captain America kind of represents a lot of things but he is like a big guy whatever he's in the war he's in the army it's all quite masculine things but then you've got somebody like spider-man who's like personally my favorite superhero and he kind of represents the opposite he's a skinny kid uh and he's a nerd he's like not that great with girls he's just kind of like a guy and he doesn't feel that great about himself but he's been given a sort of responsible big responsibility anyway and it's how he deals with that I think in terms of like masculinity, it kind of shows. Well, the thing the thing with Spider Man, I say, is being yourself. That's kind of the that's actually the uh, like the motto of the game that came out last year. I think on on the cover it says like uh, Spider Man PS4, be yourself, be greater. Um, and it's it it does sound true. And I know all these things are like kind of uh, people think are corny to talk about and things like that, but. And again, in the same interview, Sylvester Stallone says people often shy away from that because it brings with it a huge sense of vulnerability. But I think that's exactly why you shouldn't shy away from it because living in a way to protect yourself all the time completely 
almost shelters or guards yourself from a lot of things. Um, Josh? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, on that note as well, do you, um, like, in your routine when you're feeling rubbish, like, do you have any, like, tips or, like, um, uh, sort of exercises you do, such as mindfulness exercises or um, uh, anything which is related to that in order to de-stress and reboot yourself again? Um, do you do anything like that? I think, you, you know, I've, you've mentioned to me you've done a bit of yoga here and there uh, just to put yourself at rest and to, to sort of ease muscle tension. Um, could you recommend anything which you found helpful for yourself? Um, uh, to, for people who are struggling just to alleviate some of that some of that stress they're going through right now through the current pandemic season I think obviously everybody has their own different ways of dealing with it but just personally for me it could be a number of things like one thing is definitely exercise I'd say if it's like going outside whether it's for a walk or a run just fresh air really or even if it's indoors to the gym that helps me as well um like I said earlier, a conversation, whether it's like somebody as close as your mom or like very close friends, family, um, that helps as well. Um, uh, doing, sometimes throwing yourself into something creative, like you said, with your, with your poetry, Josh, as well. That also really helps just because it almost takes, it kind of allows you to enter like another realm, really, where it's... I think I 100% agree because you have the escapism as well, which is those films, either Pixar or, or Marvel, whatever else, they, they help you escape. I'm not necessarily. I'm not saying like escapism is a good thing necessarily, and that you know it, it just seems like you're gonna you're gonna push your problems away. But but escapism can be good in the short term, taking mind of things to give you a new perspective. And the thing about Josh's poems that really uh, makes me enjoy them, or like actually quite deep emotional levels, some sometimes because some of their subject matter is quite profound, is that you know some of it's got a lot of feeling of, of relatability. So it makes you feel like you're less alone. Like other people also have issues or think a certain way or sometimes feel like it's down and it's not a bad thing you know it's not because it, obviously obviously if you're stuck in your own thoughts it can be very scary because you do feel alone because no one else is in your head except for you right but if you then engage with this art whether it's your song mike or josh's poetry that, that shows that other people think in a similar way to you and sometimes have the same issues that you do then it makes you feel much less alone i think josh uh, yeah i just want to jump in and say yeah and no, i completely understand uh, what Ashwin's coming from uh, with this thoughts on uh, you know the impact and the importance of uh, movie culture and how they can make you a chapeau à la réalité if you want to talk French. <laughs> oh my um, <laughs> big French flex. Throw back to those days, my conducities. Um, but uh, I also want to um, well, I want to ask Michael um, if he has any advice for people um, like not necessarily for people who are struggling, but for people who are unaware um, um, and don't really act, uh, you know, like, you know, in the right fashion towards people who are struggling. Like, for instance, I've I've spoken about in the past uh, about the importance of patience. Um, could you elaborate on on uh, on on why it's so important to be patient with, uh, you know, with with certain people who are going through stuff? And and it's, you know, like, you know, group banter is also a real issue at the moment. Um particularly at universities etc like friends who really care about each other um they that doesn't come across because uh, the way they deal with their friendships is by taking the mick out of each other and when someone doesn't doesn't take something well they bait them out so um just give us you know like your thoughts on on like on university culture you know for people our age and 
maybe maybe you know specifically men because of you know the Movember campaign just give us some thoughts on what people can do to realize like if someone is struggling I think that's a really nice way to kind of wrap up all the themes we've been yeah. talking about to be honest because it links to the Movember links to your song links to everything we've spoken about in terms of masculinity as well so yeah I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that really really good question from Josh Mike um yeah and I think patience is one of the key key ways of sort of answering that question um you another thing you won't always know when somebody's feeling down they might not always want to talk about it not necessarily to you they might want to talk about it to somebody else but i think you can just as a human being sort of see when somebody is feeling something and in terms of like banter and things there is a, obviously a point where you can kind of have to just read the room and be like all right let's cut it out or like or if the person chooses to be right direct and say like hey cut it out then obviously the appropriate thing to do would be to cut it out um i think um it's it's not always easy if you've got two people going through stuff and the way they deal with that is to sort of through those methods but um i, I also think there's so much of um I don't even know where I'm going with this, actually. <laughs> uh, no, I think that was good. No, carry on. <laughs> no, you were going, so I go on. Try. Um, yeah, I, I think... We're on to something good, mate, honestly. Like, the, I, I the, completely get what main, you're saying. The, what, I think what I was trying to say is being direct is so important. Like, talking about how you feel. Like, people aren't always going to be able to read the room, and especially if you're a person that doesn't enjoy talking about it or can't finds they don't find it easy to do, then literally saying a couple of sentences, like this is not not today mate or like something like not right now i'm not in the mood people people will understand people are probably better in ways than people estimate yeah i completely understand mate what you're trying to trying to convey there i think it's just all about um um being relaxed and respectful to to, to people's wishes and when they don't want to be nagged like don't nag them um you know that's literally all it is just just understand yeah. that everyone is sensitive and everyone we're all sentient beings at the end of the day we all have I think, feelings i think that's an excellent excellent way to kind of end it just on that kind of universal note and just like to thank both of you for what was actually a very very proud, a profound discussion we went from you know michael's song and then we grounded it in that but it moved to much more broader and, and very serious themes and i think it's it's useful for anyone to kind of have a listen to this Listen to this, Paul, especially if you care about mental health, male mental health, as these boys do in their, in their very, very amazing campaigns of this month. I'd like to thank both of them. I'll link their campaigns in the description and I'll link their album and Michael's song in the description as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, be brilliant. Mike? Um, yeah, just one final thing I'd like to say about the song that you mentioned. Um, the, the sort of main premise behind it is also like, you know, we get so caught up in all of the noise around us, whether that be criticism or just things that are bothering us day to day. And these criticisms can be from like people that are close to us or really distant from us, or perhaps even our own criticisms of ourselves. And I think the song really just kind of encapsulates being the, you know, the extra bit stronger and just keeping faith in your own abilities as long with sort of embracing any changes along the way that you have to make for yourself to do that. Thank you so much, Mike. Honestly, that, that was really, really good. Love having you on. Josh, thank you to you as usual. Thanks for your comments and your questions. Obviously, as insightful as usual. Cheers, Ash Winner.
<laughs> a bone arrow tree was definitely planted just for me, Mike. So thank <laughs> oh, you for being on here. No, no, um, Mike, Mike, thank you again. Cheers so much. Thank you. No worries. Amazing right. stuff, mate. Thank yeah. you guys. Thank you guys for listening as well. I'll see you next time on Symposium. I hope you enjoyed this uh, really, really important episode. And we'll try and bring you more content like this in the future. Try and bring both of these boys back on the pod again. Josh, you'll see you next week in the usual music pod. But uh, Mike, I hope you'll bring him maybe for a discussion on Pixar or on a guitar. Um, both of those, I think he'd be very good on. But yeah, no, see you next time on Symposium. Thank you. Thank you.